listening to the OKest Fisher Podcast, part of the OKest Podcast Network, featuring your hosts, Matt Strine and Greg Tubbs. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm back. I'm okay. Everything's okay. Where I was at, sadly, there were no fish caught. I didn't even go fishing. It was all work and no play. How are we doing, man? Good. I didn't sink the ship last week. That's a no, good thing. You did quite good, I would say. <laughs> Talked a little bit of musky. I think we're gonna we're gonna recap that a little bit. Um, I have not gone musky fishing intentionally in quite some time. Uh, I would tell you that it was probably in my teens, and now I'm in my forties. That was probably the last time I seriously chased muskies <laughs> with a cue stick type rod about six foot tall and you could beat somebody with it it was pretty wicked wicked stiff um 6500 c3 braided dacron you know the old school stuff and i dabbled in tying my own lures as we were talking about earlier i would doctor up some of the ones i looked at and thought were kind of cheap and chintzly made Um, but you guys really covered a lot of good stuff on that it almost made me want to get back into musky fishing. <laughs> oh, we're going to do some musky fishing this year, bud. All right. All right. I'll hold you to it. <laughs> on the plus side, the front deck of the boat finally has carpet on it. Will it support my weight? It will support your weight. You, it'll support both of us at once. So there's going to be at least 500 pounds on there, and it'll do fine. Perfect. Good to hear. All right. So... I heard a lot of things talked about, but I think one of the most intriguing things that I never really paid attention to, and I still don't, uh, with that episode, was uh, fishing the majors. What can you speak to about that? I mean, obviously it has something to do with the, the lunar, and I mean, if we were ocean fishing, which we're not, but if we were ocean fishing, you know, that would have to do with the tides and things like that. Now, I'm not an expert, nor do I claim to play one on TV. But I do go by majors and minors quite a bit. I don't know the exact science behind it. I think it's something to do with moon, you know, pressure, rising pressure, lowering pressure, because of the position of the moon, kind of like tides in the ocean. Um, sure. Well, you don't get, like, raises and lowers in, in inland lakes. But I think it's something to do with their, their typical feeding windows. Um, so we use, we use an app. Um, I can actually pull up. It's uh, it's just fishing and hunting solar. Um, it's available free if you want to pay for one, where you can get it out like five days. You can, but we basically go on that. It kind of gives you moonrise, moonset, sunrise, sunset, and then the major and minor times, which are when you know the moon's directly above you or the moon's directly below you. And if I'm not mistaken, when the moon's directly above you. Mm-hmm. It is a major when the moon's directly below you. It's a minor. You okay. may get some backlash on that. All I know is majors are obviously better for fishing. Minors, it's still a window. Sure. Um, but we, it's it's not a tool to tell you when not to fish. It's a tool to tell you these are the primo times. Think of it as hunting. Yeah. You know, you could sit early season at noon. Yeah, you could see and shoot a deer, but there's a good chance the last 45 minutes is when you're going to get lucky. 
Yeah, regardless, this, regardless of the, the major and minor. Yep. Well, when it comes to fishing, that major and minor could be 9.15 to, you know, 12.15. And it doesn't seem like a normal bite window when you think of fishing is early morning and then in the evening. But there's a lot of times where muskie, especially muskie, um, only eat in these certain windows. So that's why that's just one other tool to have in the tool belt. Watch that. Watch what minors and majors are. And, you know, it's only going to help you. Another, like I said, another tool in the tool belt is going to help you try to get some more fish in the boat. Sure. Do you, and, and I don't know how much you pay attention to it, and maybe you do or don't, but do you think, like, high and low pressure fronts will kind of trump some of that or affect some of that? Yes, um, that's actually a good point. I will say the moon phase is very important, but weather trumps moon phase. So if you have a perfect major coming through at 3 to 4 p.m., but you have a 25-degree temperature drop two hours before it, that's going to trump the the lunar. There's always, like, that trump card you throw in. Um, sure. I think weather, for me, is is the trump card when it comes to lunar. Or it's the trump card whether you're going to go or not. Well, you always go. You can you can always. I mean, that's that's not a. You're only going to catch fish in these two windows. We've caught plenty of fish outside of those windows. Um, it's just it's an area where or it's a, a time where you want to be where you know fish are, and you have that better chance to catch. Just because muskies are hard enough fish to catch, you want to stack everything in your favor, and sure. I think that's a useful tool to use. Cool. Well, another thing you guys hit on I thought was kind of cool was, you know, getting back into musky fishing or just getting into musky fishing, picking five baits, you know, and here we go talking gear again, but (laughs) five baits or six baits or whatever to really focus in on getting good with and, you know, going back to that old thing that we kind of hit on earlier too, it's a confidence lure. Picking five baits. What are your five baits that you would pick? Um, I don't even think I need five baits. No. But it depends on the season. So I do most of my musky fishing in the fall. I do yeah, I do fish in the summer. And summer, you're running bucktails. You're burning bucktails. You're running topwater. So I guess those are the two lures I would, if we were generalizing a season, Yes, you can catch them on big rubber. You can catch them on suix. You can do all that in the summer, too. But you think of summer, you think of fast-paced, you know, real explosive, as long as the water temps are, you know, not too hot. But they're going to eat as fast as you can crank a bucktail. They're going to eat top water and explode on it. So depends on the season. So I would pick those two for summer. Yep. Spring, spring, I kind of skipped over spring. Spring would be smaller stuff, little crankbaits, little jerkbaits, um, even little bucktails for that matter, even some small rubber too, but I haven't had as much luck on that. Sure. Um, and then if we went to fall, my go-to, I, I'll say I have two go-tos, but to be honest, there's one lure I keep on my rod the whole time I'm up north, and it's a 10-inch, 10, 10 or 12-inch suic, depending on the body of water you're on. And that is a confidence lure for me. You give me this lure 
in any northern body of water, and I will catch muskie with this. I can almost guarantee it because I have so much confidence in this bait. Yeah, that design with the old metal tail, I mean, you and I were talking earlier, there's a couple of variations. The old bobby bait is one. Bobby baits and suics have been around for a long, long time. Um, and you look at them, and somebody literally took a piece of, uh, maybe it was an old shovel handle or something, and just carved it, cut it up, <laughs> cleaned it up, and, and you know, stuck a, a chunk of metal in the tail and bent it a little bit. And then they used cotter keys out of, you know, their tractor or something to, to make eyelets. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they took simple things and made, made a lure that catches a lot of big fish. And I don't want to, like, I, we don't mean to degrade on Suic. No, no like, I just think it's cool. Flashy. Oh, yeah, flashy it is not. But a practical dive and rise bait. Yes. 100% of the time, I will grab ugly and ugly and successful over flashy and bright. I would, agree you know, old, re, old, reliable. Yep. A confidence lure through day in and day out all season long. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing like they came out with a miniature version, a tiny version, um, you know, maybe six inches. I think it was made of plastic, to be honest with you, because I think Cisco merged with Cisco or. Um, Suic merged with Cisco Kid, if memory serves correct. One one tackle company bought out the other. I think they're still in Anago, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on yeah. that. I do have some small wooden ones too, though, the old okay. school ones. Yep. So, something about wood, man. I don't know if it absorbs a little water. It gets a little heavier. and It, casts, it just casts further. It acts differently, you know, just like the old Rapala. It's hard to beat a balsa Rapala for its action. You can't, you can't recreate it even out of plastic. You can get close, and but it's just it's different. It's different. It just it acts different. It the way it the way it dances in the water is totally different than a plastic bait. And and it's um, we're getting into talking about musky. Obviously, most bass lures, most walleye lures, you just pull them out of the package and throw them. Yeah. That's not 100% true when it comes to musky tackle. You have to, especially on these suics, you got to cast it two feet away from the boat and twitch it. And if it doesn't dive and rise right, you're tweaking the, you know, the metal piece in the back, trying to get it to go just right. Yep. There's a lot of tweaking and stuff that goes into it. And I think that's what makes them confidence lures because you put a lot of time and effort into them and you're confident in that the action that it has. It's not a pull it out of the box, throw it, and you're going to catch a fish second cast. Sure. Stepping back to spring tactics, I can tell you I think my most of my uh, experiences were musky were always spring, and it was usually spring bass or walleye fishing, you know, pulling maybe a four-inch twister tail. I'd get a pike or a pike or a musky to follow to the boat, or they'd hit it and break me off. Um, you know, like you said, larger crankbaits or even, heck, man, all the way into June, I've seen so many muskies that were between 40 and, we'll say, 36 inches caught on a number three Meps Aglia. Undressed, just playing mm-hmm. either a white or a silver blade, you know, going up north to go smallmouth and walleye fishing, you know, right right around opener or right before opener for those fish. And you throw a Meps and everything hits it, including the muskies. So, mm-hmm. scale down tackle, I can definitely agree 
muskies will hit it 100% all the way into probably just about the first week of July. Yep. And we actually have a couple of smaller lakes around us that um, I had some custom lures made from one of our first guests or two on, Mm -hmm. Jackson. He designed me, basically, it's like a step up from a small trout inline spinner. He made it a little bit bigger, reinforced the heck out of it, put bigger hooks on it, and like put a it. tube jig in it. Yep. And that lure, I'd say first 25 cast, I had two muskies in the bag on this specific body of water. So it's all, I mean, you got to know your body of water too. That's that's the other thing, doing this a little bit bigger of a dive into it. Um, that lure is not going to work up north as well as it does down here sure. just because of the forage base. But yeah, and I've got a few like that I built when I was a kid. <laughs> took some of very, my, yeah, took yep, some very of my, similar to that. Took some of my tube baits, you know, the brass machine bodies and some of the clevises and things, and and built them. But yeah, definitely a spring bait, smaller profile, um, early summer bait when you're moving really fast. And I'll actually give a free tip to everybody listening, because I know musky tips sometimes are hard to come by. When you're fishing a, you know, very pressured body of water for musky, the biggest success we had is throw something you think they've never seen. And I don't mean a different color of the most common lure known to man. I'm saying go out on the deep end. If you know everybody catches fish on small lures, throw a big joe a big rubber in the middle of summer. Or if everybody's catching on big stuff, you know, they've seen every big lure, throw something small. You got to be able to think outside the box because more times than not, we've caught fish on lures that shouldn't have been working in those bodies of water. Because I I feel like smaller lakes, you know, say 500 acres and smaller where they have muskie and people actively muskie fish them, they've seen everything in Rolly Holland's catalog. They've seen every lure six times over. You know, whether it be you go to a muskie expo and you get a show custom color, you know, something that not a lot of people have, action, or you go old action, school. Yeah, yep. the action's still the same. You got yep. to either make it bigger, make it smaller, and give it just a little bit different wrinkle. Yep, and it's it's those little modifications that, you know, not a lot of people think of because bass are very easy to catch, and I, I don't mean that to be offensive. Bass are a lot easier to catch than muskies, but throwing something different, something, you know, just finding that little niche that could possibly work, that's that could be the difference in a zero-fish day or a three-fish day. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, like, this bait here, this is a bait I'd never seen before. I think it's a, a Burt, if memory serves correct, made by Muskie Mania Tackle. I don't even know if this bait's still made, but it was a you know a diving a diving rise jerk bait with a, a tail on it, mm-hmm. you know, and now that's kind of a norm. But I think this is right before big rubber baits were becoming a thing. Yep. So everybody's kind of doing a little bit something different to innovate. You just gotta kind of pick and choose what you want to go with. So do that, and also don't buy into the trend necessarily and i don't mean that in a bad way but fishing lures catch fishermen's eyes more than they catch fish's eyes yeah so if you know you're fishing small bodies of water and the newest lure is a 
double 10 with a double 10 trailer and another another double 10 out farther you're not going to catch any fish on that the, your your home lake so try to pick out i mean and these lures aren't cheap no so you gotta if you only have x amount of dollars to spend a year on musky tackle pick the lures that are going to work they may not be flashy they may not be you know the newest and latest and greatest but there's a lot of lures that sitting on you know tackle shop shelves for years that haven't caught anything for those people that could be your new confidence lure you just never know you just never know so spring we covered summer you're, you're saying bucktails and and top water baits we didn't really talk much about top water i mean bucktails there's how many different types i mean from the meps musky killer to you know the classic booker tail to the cowgirl there's so many different things. Which one are you throwing if you like it? I mean, I've got some old hyphen and some old, I don't know, there's stuff with don't, that doesn't even have brand names on it in this box. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a good question. Um, Musky Mayhem's a great place to start. They have, you know, it's a bigger scale, you know, family business. Sure. But to, to be honest, too, there, there's a lot of great, you know, lure makers that make 10, 15, 20 lures a year and can customize them to your specs. Like, you want something with these two blade colors and this color skirt, this color marabou, these size hooks, this heavy. There's a lot of companies that, you know, smaller companies that'll do that for you. So I guess it's, I mean, I throw, I've thrown every, almost every spinner known to man, every bucktail known to man. Um, So it's hard to nail down which. I do have a lot of musky mayhem, but I also have a lot of, like, custom small you know guy doing it in his basement making 50 lures a year stuff so those are fun they are some sometimes it's made a lot more high quality than some of the big box store stuff too so yeah as we were talking i mean they put a couple more wraps on the wire so you don't have to worry about straightening it out or bending it yep the attention to detail on some of the small i'm not saying it's not there on the bigger stuff but they Seems like they take pride in a lot of their because they're only making a certain amount a year. So right, it's more of a hobby for them, and but they take it pretty seriously. So what about top yep. water quality over quantity? Exactly. What about top water baits? Um, I got, I got you know I run a couple of the typical things you know the fat bastard or. Um, Dr. Evil, depending on what size you're running, which is just a propeller prop style bait, um, displaces a lot of water. I also have, I can't remember the name of it to save my life, but a couple of jointed top waters with some spinners on it. And then they got the old school creepers, like yeah. the jitterbugs, the, the, whatever they, honeybees, super bees, whatever you want to call yeah, them. The old, the old, uh, hyphen crazy crawler. Head and crazy crawler, but uh, head head and made one too, or uh, hyphen made one too. That was similar to the head and crazy crawler we were talking about, but it was made out of wood. I got a few of them. I don't think I'd ever fish with them ever again because at this point they're probably collector's items. They might have been made in the eighties. Yeah, sat, sat on this guy's show. That, that <laughs> exactly. That's that's how I feel about you know. I got a stumblebee uh, from. Uh, musky safari and it's just it's such a good looking lure i want to hang it on a shelf 
Like I'm terrified to throw it, but they are very effective lures. And it's almost, I feel like sometimes when it comes to every kind of muscular topwater, especially you get in these fads of, Oh, this one's brand new plastic does this, that, and the other thing. And it goes through stages kind of like retro clothing coming back. Right. You haven't seen a lot of these creepers in the water before, yeah. you know, in our generation. And now they're starting to make a comeback, but this is like one of the OG topwaters back in the day. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun to see things come full circle for trying to modify, you know, older styles. I think that's definitely something cool or something to keep an eye on too. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you like, I bought all these out of wood, these hyphens, and my dad bought one. He thought it was wood. It was plastic. We threw them both at the same time. The plastic one had a completely different action. It didn't sound yeah, that, as, down. Didn't sound the same. Didn't splash as good either. Yeah, there's there's something about wood, and we talked about this off air. But some of my go to wooden confidence baits. I wonder if they're, you know, epoxy clear coats off of them. They absorb a little more water. Yeah, they do something different. You know, they're a little heavier, a little balanced, different because of the water saturation. But nothing beats old wood baits. I yeah, I, I just nostalgia too. <laughs> You know, yeah. I, I got that one chartreuse, one with the uh, black dots on it, and that one I've whacked a lot of pretty good sized smallmouth. I even I think the first fish I caught on that bait, you know, it's a five inch long lure. It's pretty big. It's got I don't know three odd or four odd treble hooks in it, and that fish had the entire back treble hook stuck in its mouth. I pegged it bottom and top jaw, and it, it yeah, took it down. that was a hungry fish. That was very hungry, <laughs> you know, and. It was pretty cool to catch it, but it, it's amazing to me what some of those fish will hit. Exactly. So moving on from summer fishing, fall fishing, I think pulling suckers, pulling slow-moving jerkbaits, the water's cooled down, you're scaling up your tackle, you're you're usually using larger size lures. Am I right in thinking that? Um, generally speaking, yes, but it's still body of water dependent. So if you're still in a small forage based lake, you're not going to be running a pounder, you know, bulldog because sure. they don't have forage that big normally. So you're going to up, you know, upsize your six inch suic to, you know, an eight inch jerk bait or a 10 inch jerk bait. So the bigger you go and fall, the slower you want to retrieve it because the water's cooling down. Yes, they're putting their feed bags on, but they also, they're not moving as fast because the water's colder. Um, and primarily, it it sounds weird, but when you have a sucker or two out the back mm-hmm. and you're running big rubber, it's almost like you're pulling the fish into your boat to see the suckers. Okay. Like, they may not want to eat. They follow in slow. Then they see, you know, old Frank in the background, you know, the sucker just chilling there. Or they're like for his life. but we've had that happen more times than i can count um so yeah definitely fall bigger bait slower presentation um it doesn't necessarily mean you know you can't run a top water fast or a bucktail fast because you can still burn it in front of their face and you could get a you know trigger bite but more more often than not you're you're running big baits slower um going a little bit deeper in the water column you know pull pause rubbers jerking them off the bottom slow retrieves um and then running suckers too 
So it's majorly upscaled pike fishing from what I remember because I definitely did a lot more pike fishing as a kid than, than muskie just because of the bodies of water that we had to fish, you know, in, in central Wisconsin, cent, you know, west central Wisconsin. Um, mm-hmm. There just wasn't a lot of muskies around there when we'd go visit family, so we would pike fish and very downscaled. How about jerk baits? I mean, I, I know you like a dive and rise bait, but what about like grandmas or, I mean, I think some of the believer baits, believers were uh, kind of a jointed, if they were weighted right, I think they were more of a, um, you know, a pause bait where they would sit and just kind of slowly rise up. Sure. Fish my- I, I mean, I use them, yeah. but as a jerk bait is confidence for me for bass and pike. Mm-hmm. It's not as big of a confidence lure for me in muskie fishing. Sure. Um, I got some big Salmos, um, probably you guys have never seen before. They're like eight or 10 inch Salmos. I'm trying to pull out of my box here, but everything's tangled. You know, I get natural colors, sucker colors, yep. um, walleye right. colors. Um, I do run, uh, Booker made a skinny jerk bait, and for the life of me, I can't remember the name. I got a couple of those in some brighter, flashier colors. Okay. Um, but to be honest, I'm, I'm running a Suic when it's fall. I'm running a Suic. That's you it's know, your big, it's your big. Mm-hmm. Do you have one particular color you like? Uh, depending on the body of water, yes. Um, my up north, unspecified lakes up north, is a black top zebra side with an orange belly. Okay. Black, um, black white, and all, orange then. Yep. Also have great luck on, you know, the black top green, like perch colored green sides, you know, chartreuse yellow bottom. But uh, black and orange are hot up north. So that's that's what we use. That's what catches fish. Orange is usually good. I mean, I don't know. Most of the bodies of water I fished up north, and my area of up north isn't far from where your area of up north is, but there's a lot of tannic water. It's not. Oh, yeah. It's not clear. It's not gin clear like some of the spring-fed lakes that are up there. But most of the stuff I had best luck in was always tannic-colored water. And oranges, chartreuses were always and black. Black's a universal color everywhere. Yep. So is white for that matter. Yep. And we've had plenty of fish in that brackish water where you literally can't see two feet behind your bait. We've had fish on first, you know, lackadaisical figure eight. Mm-hmm. And a 40 incher comes up and grabs it that you never knew were there. So I love fishing that because the element of surprise is there. Yeah. And I don't know, for some reason, fish can tend to just stay glued to the bottom. You never see them. Or there's just a lot of cover there, a lot of weeds and a lot of down old pine trees, stump fields, things like that. But could also be, too, that they could be sitting mid-range, but you would never see them because no. the water's so stained. Yep. Electronics are the only way you're seeing them. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. Cool. What about rods? Let's hit on rods real quick. I run, I got a, I only have three rods because they fit all of my primary funk. Oh, four rods. I apologize. Sure. I have a sucker rod, which is a broomstick with eyelets. Uh, six foot, I believe. Okay. Is extra, a, extra heavy. Is it a fiberglass rod or is it a... Uh, it's, car- it's a carbon rod. It is a carbon rod. Yep. Okay. I don't fish when it's like below 20 degrees usually. 
because when we go up, we do a couple weekends in October, and it's not that bad. You know, you don't have to worry about it shattering or anything. But um, we do that. You got a clicker reel on it. Yep. Um, my go-tos are for light baits. I got a Musky Mojo from St. Croix. It's medium. No, it's. I'm sorry. It's heavy action, not extra heavy, but it has a softer tip on it. Okay. I run a 300 series Shimano or a 300 series Daiwa. Um, kind of heavy duty bass rod. Yeah, but light duty musky rod. That's my go-to. Uh, my summer reel for bird and bucktails is a Revo Toro NACL um, spooled up, paired with. Ah, I think it's another St. Croix rod, but I don't have it in front of me. Sure. I think it's a St. Croix legend. And then I just picked up another eight and a half footer for running big rubber this fall. Um, still waiting to put a reel on that one, but that's usually what I go with. Um, just keep it simple. You can have 50 different rods in the boat like bass fishing, but sure. my pocketbooks aren't that deep. No, we're just okay. Because <laughs> it gets expensive. Yeah, budget, we're just man. okay. Yeah, we're just okay. We're on a budget. Well, cool, man. What about a net? You got a net you like to use in particular? Um, I just have old school Cabela's. I think they call it the big big game net. I think um, that's the same one I have. Green that's... handle, silver hoop. Yep, big net. Yep. Uh, mine's a black hoop. Okay, yep, black hoop with a big yeah. net. Mine uh, might be a black hoop. And I, I run. Yeah. I keep that up the cabin. Yeah. So I, I keep mine up at the cabin. Um, everybody else I musky fish with down here, um, they have nets on their boats, you know, so I don't have to bring a net with me. Mine mine has pulled double duty on Lake Michigan for salmon fishing, so stay tuned on that because I got to say, if you think some of these musky lures have ridiculous names, wait till you get into the world of Great Lakes salmon and trout fishing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. What do you think? Uh-oh. There we go. I fat-fingered a button. <laughs> there it is. I think we did done good. Yeah. We uh, had expectations, to say the least. Are you trying to beep out words I'm saying? <laughs> the, the words you're not saying. I see your lips not moving, but I hit the button anyway. <laughs> You prematurely blocked me. I did. <laughs> well, that's an episode. We'll uh, see you on the next one. I think we're going to start talking some bass fishing. We're going to get into some pan fishing here real quick. Uh, the lakes are heating up on pan fish, I will say that. I mean, they're in the shallows. Bass are on the beds right now, um, or they're working their way to it pretty quick. It's time to get out fishing if you haven't. Crappies got to be coming in too. Uh, crappies have been in for the past week, and I think they're kind of starting nice. to wind down. Yeah, I had one follow just a swim bait I was throwing for bass the other day just off the dock, and I had one come steaming in right behind it. Pretty pretty upset that it must have went through his section of water, but he never hit the bait. <laughs> so They're there. Get Very out. nice. Get out and do some fishing. It's that time of year. June is the sweet spot, and we're coming up to it quick. Yep, tight lines. Tight lines. See you on the next one.